It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome into a playoff edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing good. Got another week of game talk, so that's always good. Yeah, so I mean, it was obviously a, a very exciting game. <laughs> I, I mean, that's one word for it. Uh, you know, two teams that struggle to do much on offense. You know, we, we've seen that from the Titans all year long. And then you you knew um, facing up against the Jaguars defense that is, you know, they just they basically eliminate outside receivers, which is not that much of an issue for the Titans because they don't really use theirs anyway. But um, you know they've been they've even been good against the run since the Marcel Darius trade. And early in the year, the Jaguars struggled against running backs, but they haven't they haven't struggled with that since they got Darius. I mean, you know, just a, a really great defense. Um, you know, a team that's going to go down with yeah, as one of the probably one of the best defenses or you know top top ten, fifteen, whatever defenses of all time. So you knew that points were going to be hard to come by. Throw in the weather, um, you know, being so cold here in Nashville. That was obviously obviously an issue, and then you know we didn't know um, how the Jags were going to play this game. They came in locked in as a three seed, uh, win or lose. That they there was nothing that they could do to improve or hurt their seeding with this game. Doug Marone said all week that they were going to play the game to win, and they did. I mean, they had their guys in there for the entire game, um, and the Titans were able to overcome some stuff. Uh, the Titans got some breaks, and they were able to get a win when they really needed it. So that was fuzzy. Um, and it's just really exciting to be talking about playoff football for the first time in you know almost a decade. It was your typical Titans game. You know, it, it seemed like the Titans took control uh, in the second quarter, carried it through the third quarter, and then had a disaster happen in the fourth quarter and had to hang on. So, um, if you've watched Titans football over the past two months, you've become accustomed to that because that's kind of what they did over the stretch of that that Bengals that that Ravens, you know. Uh, so that was nothing new. Uh, we've talked for a long time. If this team could could just put it together, eliminate the mistakes, they could really play with anyone. Just about. Uh, we still haven't seen that, uh, but they get a chance to do it next week in the playoffs, which is a big deal. Uh, considering that this team lost three straight to get up off the mat and beat what what's a pretty good Jacksonville team. Uh, that was a big deal. So. Um, I think it kind of speaks to the locker room that that they didn't uh, lay down when they when they could have against a tough opponent. Uh, so again, found a way to win, uh, and that's kind of been the the Titans' mantra th- th- this year. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good, solid, long term plan, uh, but it is who they were this year, uh, and and we'll take it. Yeah, and so obviously the biggest change in this game for the Titans was the fact that Demarco Murray was out. Um, you know, and, and I don't understand why it took them so long to declare him out. Uh, you said that, that Paul Carr gave us a video from before the game where Murray was walking and couldn't even bend his knee. So pretty clear that he wasn't. He never really had a shot to play in this game. Although Mike Malarkey tried to t- tried to lead people to believe that he did early in the week, and he still you know hasn't closed the door on Demarco playing on Saturday against the Chiefs. But I just I don't I don't see any way it happens. So obviously that forced the Titans to go to Derrick Henry exclusively. Um, you know, and, and there was some, I guess, I don't know, we didn't know how they would divide up the load between Henry and Fluell and if they would have Fluell out there at all. 
Um, they didn't. Uh, DeMarco Murray played on 63 of, of 65 offensive snaps. Dave Fleon played on one. So it was obviously a Derrick Henry show. Now, I guess a little bit of a mixed bag as far as Henry's concerned. You had the screenplay, which, you know, he was able to make, make a couple guys miss. And we know that if Henry gets in the open field and is able to accelerate, he can run away from anybody. He's shown that multiple times this year. Uh, the issue is more him getting tripped up before he gets to full speed. Um, you know, they had the play, and in, in like you said, the, the disaster in the fourth quarter. Uh, after the game, Malarkey said Derrick Henry went the wrong way on that play. Um, I mean, we had to take his word at that. And so, I mean, it, it, at least a little bit there you see the fact that the coaching staff has had concerns with Derrick Henry in in certain spots, whether it be third down, protection, catching the ball back, whatever it is. They've obviously had some concerns with him this year. That's part of the reason he hasn't played played more than he has. Um, and, and so, I mean, we saw that yesterday. You know, he made a mistake that, that didn't end up costing the Titans the game but could have. It was at a crucial time. Um, and so, but, I mean, overall, he was able to carry the load. He was able to get – done what he needed to get done and you know I, I think they're a better team with him out there instead of Marco Murray I agree with that uh and, and you know we talked on this podcast why hasn't Derrick Henry gotten the load uh he's been clearly the, the more talented back well I think we saw it I think it's a playbook issue I think it's just a uh, it, it's just a matter of being in the right spot and doing what you're supposed to do you know it, it wasn't just that fourth quarter play that he messed up on it was three or four times uh, you saw him go to the wrong side, and you saw Marcus had to pull the ball down and kind of save the day and, and, and escape a broken play. So uh, I don't think the ability is the problem for Henry. Uh, he's a unique back, but it's it's the playbook. I mean, you got you got to run to the right side. It's year two. You're at the end of year two going into the playoffs. There's no reason you don't you shouldn't know the playbook. So that's kind of that was kind of eye opening for me. Um, he he was okay yesterday. I, I thought I don't think he's great in between the tackles. You know, we, we saw him at Alabama. We saw him run through some huge holes. You know, if he gets space and gets up to speed, that's where he's at his best. And he's he's one of the best in the NFL when he gets up to speed. But the problem is getting there. So Titans weren't able to blow open many holes for him. Uh, so he was running in tight spaces, and that's just not his game. So I thought the call from Robisky to dial up that screen was brilliant. Uh, it it kind of took the Jags' aggression out of the game, and, and they overpursued. And once Henry got the ball in space, it was all over with. So maybe going forward, maybe next week in Kansas City, that's something that they see uh, that they need to do more of, uh, because Henry at speed is it might be one of the Titans' best play playmakers on the field. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing. I mean, they, they figure out ways to get their guys in you know positive situations, um, and we've talked about that. And, and you know, it, like you said, that was a great call on the screen there. And so we're we're obviously really hard on Rubisky, and I mean, most of the time, deservedly so. But in in that situation, he dialed up a perfect play, and it, it worked out. It worked out good. So um, you know, the other the other play that I would point to. Uh, Derrick Henry, the the like twelve yard loss on the handoff, it, 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 like early in the game, at the beginning of the, of the first quarter, where you know they're, they're kind of backed up against the goal line already, and then Henry goes to the right. There's nothing there. So, I mean, stiff arms a guy, but at that point, like you're not gonna be able to cut it back and do anything, and, and he ends up losing a bunch of yardage, backs him up against the goal line, just kind of stuff like that that, that you can't have. 
um, in the NFL. You can't have in year two. So, I mean, yeah, there have been some issues with that. But if they can find ways to continue to, to get him the ball where he can get to full speed and like on the screen pass, I mean, I think they could do some more of that. And, you know, the, the narrative that he can't play in the passing game has always been kind of silly to me. Um, people point to the fact that he didn't do it at Alabama. Well, they didn't ask him to do it at Alabama. Um, you know, they were handing him the ball 40 times a game and just let him, let him run over people. Um, so, I mean, he can do it. You know, then you obviously have the concerns about knowing where to go, um, protections, that kind of stuff. So we did see a little bit of that. So, I mean, a, a little bit of credit to this coaching staff. where We've been hard on them uh, for a lot of the year about not getting him out there more. We saw a little bit why they haven't. Hopefully, you know, he can get it together. Because, you know, if you have a mistake like they had in the fourth quarter uh, in Arrowhead, it's gonna, you're not probably not going to be able to overcome that. So something to keep an eye on this week. You know, and then obviously the, the play on the last drive where, you know, Marcus Mario drops back to pass, got nothing there, pump fakes, gets past the first guy, stiff arms church, gets the first down, stands up and, you know, kind of walks back at church. I mean, that was like – we never see that from Marcus Mariota. That, that's not um, – that's not the attitude that we see from him. You know, you, we hear players and coaches talk about how he has it, but he doesn't ever show it. And in that moment, I mean, that was you, you said it was like just a, a defining moment for this team for this season, uh, an iconic moment. I think it's what you said. We have seen a lot of those from this team. We have seen a lot of those from this franchise uh, in, in a long time. So it was really, really good to see that, and good to see him improvising and, and making something happen with his legs or something there down the field. He, he's looked at times this year like he's almost afraid to do that, and I don't know if it's how he's being coached or if it's the leg or, you know, I mean, he's had the hamstring and then obviously the, the, the injury from last year. I don't know why it is that we haven't seen him improvise as much and make plays like that. You know, we've seen it some on the, on the design run still, but we haven't seen him break contain it and do a lot of that stuff this year. Really great to see, and really great to see him be the one to kind of put the team on his back, get that first down in the game to make the playoffs. I mean, that was just, you know, we love Marcus. We talk about that all the time, but it was just, it was so good to see that from him. Yeah, you kind of talk about the Titans playing boring football. That's that's kind of been the case for years now. Uh, to see that, and if you didn't get up and jump off your couch, you you don't have a pulse. You know, that was just an awesome moment. Uh, so, you know, the Titans have really haven't had that huge moment. You know, I, I think back to Chris Johnson taunting uh, Troy Polamalu as he danced into the end zone. You know, stuff like that. Stuff like that stands out in your memory. That one will stick with me for a long time. Uh, so I, I thought the Titans asked him to run the ball a lot more. It was pretty clear that they asked him, if, hey, if you've got a running lane, take it. Uh, you know, I, I thought he was dropping his eyes a, a lot faster yesterday. Uh, and and maybe not necessarily in a bad way, uh, just just kind of taking what the defense gave him. Uh, you know, it, it was pretty clear to me if Seth, the staff told him, "Hey, if you've got five yards, go get it." Uh, and, and maybe that was a a factor of Demarco not being available. So you gave Derrick Henry twenty eight carries. Uh, Marcus carried the ball a lot too. So and he had some tough runs. I think back to. Uh, a couple third downs where he kept the ball and, and really ran between the tackles. It's tough runs, uh, runs that we typically would not want him to 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 go do. Uh, and he went and did it and, and, and toughed it out. So that was good to see. Uh, and you'll probably see that a little more next week. Uh, just judging on that DeMarco video I saw, I, I don't see how there's any chance he plays. Uh, but, of course, Mark, he said that, that 
there's a chance he was going to play. So we'll see. Uh, but I, I thought it was a, a concerted effort from this staff to get Mariota running the football um, just to kind of take some pressure off of Derrick Henry, and, and it worked. You know, Offense only scored 15 points. They, they could have scored more. They can always score more. Uh, you had the you had the turnover deep in Jacksonville territory uh, in the fourth quarter that almost cost them the game. But uh, good to see Marcus running the football. I think this team needs it. I, I think just from a moving the chain standpoint, this team needs it. Uh, a lot of three and outs over the last month. Uh, having number eight in the backfield running the football is going to make it a lot easier to convert some of those third and three, third and fours. Yeah, and you wonder how much of that too is just him – being willing to do more when the game slash season is on the line. You know, how much of it is a thing where he's like, I, I got to go here and make a play if, if we're going to win. And so some of the stuff that he's been coached not to do or, you know, whatever it may be, or some of the hesitation he's had because of his legs, all that stuff kind of goes out the window when you're in a Week 17 win and end game, when you're in the playoffs, that kind of stuff. So that gives me a little bit of um, – I don't know hope is the right word, and we'll, we'll talk, obviously, a lot about the Chiefs as this week goes along. But I, I don't know. If we could see him play with a little bit more reckless abandon, is not really the right word, but if we could see him play with a little bit more of that improv, improv, improvisation, uh, a little bit more of that, I think I think this offense is, is, is better when he's out there doing that kind of stuff. And so hopefully we'll see a little bit of that. And, and you know, it'll be a different game against the Chiefs. Um, because you won't have those guys, the, the corners that the Jaguars have, you don't have those guys out there taking away uh, the outside receivers like we talked about. Now, we can talk about whether or not um, how much of, you know, how much the Titans would use those guys anyway, but, you know, it's it's a different game going up against the Chiefs than it is the Jaguars, so it'll be a, it just, just a whole different animal. And before we move on to talk a little bit about the playoffs, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this, this defense. Um, you know, they... The thing that we were concerned about coming into the season was the defense and how much, you know, how how many games the Titans were going to lose because they gave up 40 and they were only able to score 30. That was, that was kind of our thinking coming into the season. The season has been the, the exact opposite of that. Um, we, we've seen the defense save this team on numerous occasions, and yesterday was no different. Uh, they were able to, to stand up and make plays all day long. Um, you know, you were more confident than I was. Uh, we were texting a little bit, you know, kind of the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, about the game being over um, because, you know, the Jaguars couldn't do anything. And then, you know, you have the big turnover, and that kind of changes everything. But it's been the defense that has kept this team alive. It's been the defense that's led this team in 9-7. and seven, And they did it all yesterday again without having, you know, their big ticket free, acquis- free agent acquisition, Logan Ryan, out there for the majority of the game. He got hurt early, wasn't able to come back, wasn't able to play as much as he, as he usually would. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It, it's The defense, is, to me, has been the story of, of the season, and we haven't spent, I don't think, enough time talking about it because we've talked so much about the offensive struggles. And it, granted, it's been aided by a, a soft schedule, sure. But I, we'd have to admit that the defense has been a lot better than we thought it would be coming into the year. No doubt about it. Uh, Brian Arakpo is great. Uh, I thought he, he sealed the game. Last night was a big sack on second down that that kind of that forced a, a third and twenty. Uh, so the pass rush was pretty good. Uh, the Jaguars were without Cam Robinson, which was a big deal. Uh, but still, defense made enough plays to win. And you know we, we've got to say 
it's a different game if D.D. Westbrook catches that touchdown. And sure. to be fair, it, it hit him right in the hands. D.D. absolutely torched Ty Smith. Uh, and if if that ball's caught, you're talking about Jaguars taking the lead uh, when when they scoop and score that on that touchdown. But still, uh, forced enough turnovers. Blake Bortles was horrible. He was just terrible. Uh, I think you were saying earlier in the season uh, he was facing some bad teams and, and people were getting on the Bortles train. Well, we saw who Blake Bortles was yesterday. Uh, but credit the Titans for for not letting him get comfortable back there. Credit Kevin Byard for for always making a play on the ball. I think he leads the league in picks now, uh, so that was that was cool to see. But uh, I think this defense has has pleasantly surprised us all. It, they've surprised me with the pass rush. Um, I, you know, early in the season there it was non-existent. So Arakpo's really come on. Uh, Holden's been great, uh, and, and then Dick Lebeau's figured out some stuff with some blitzing up the middle with with uh, Avery and. Uh, Woodyard. So I, I think they've made improvements. Uh, contrary to the offense, they've made some adjustments that have really just sent this defense overboard. Uh, so uh, and and that's kind of the calling card right now, which is so weird to say. Uh, but again, they've got a huge test uh, with some matchup nightmares and, and Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt next week. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see if they can kind of keep up their momentum. Uh, we can't have another episode like they had in San Francisco where Jimmy Garoppolo tore him up. So I'm a little concerned about that there. Uh, but you got to hats off to him yesterday for sure. Hey, first of all, you can't fault them for getting torched by Jimmy Garoppolo. He's obviously the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I guess never so. ne- never <laughs> lost a game. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, the defense, like I said, they are still a couple of players away. We talked about, you know, they they still need a nose tackle. Uh, they need another pass rusher. We've, we've talked about all that stuff this year. They're still a couple of players away from being just having enough talent to be to be a really good unit. But for the most part this year, they've they've gotten the job done. And like like we said, they've they've kept the Titans in a lot of games um, that, that they really had no business being in with the offense struggling as much as it was. All right, so coming up, we will talk about the early Sunday morning Ian Rappaport report that uh, kind of turned the Titans fan base on its head a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit about just the playoffs in general. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so obviously the the report came out on Sunday morning that ownership had been in the building all week with the Titans, which I'm not really even sure what that means. Um, but that there was a chance that if the Titans lost the game to the Jaguars, that you know Mike Malarkey's job could be in trouble. We spent a lot of time over the last few weeks talking about Malarkey and his job and all of that kind of stuff. 
Um, you know, I, I know there was a there was a section of fan base that was cheering for a loss yesterday because they wanted that they want Malarkey out. Um, I, I just I couldn't get on that train for a lot of reasons. Um, and we talked a little bit about them. Go back and listen to the last pod we did last week about the reasons that you should cheer for your team to, to make the playoffs. I think that the report made it, I guess, a little bit more concrete that it actually could happen because I, I think you and I both were, were saying that we thought even if the, if they lost the Jaguars to make the playoffs that Mike Malarkey was safe. If he really wasn't, it's a little bit of a different conversation, but I still think if your team's got a chance to make the playoffs, especially when they haven't been there in 10 years or you know, nine, ten years, whatever it is, you, you cheer for them to make the playoffs. They won, and so we'll we'll save this conversation for next week um, because I still believe that if they go to Kansas City and get blasted, I, I'm not sure how much it changes the fact that they actually got in the playoffs. When you look at the, the, the how easy the schedule was and all that stuff, and again, we've, we've talked about this stuff you know, at Nauseam, but I, I'm still not sure that just the win against Jacksonville was enough to, to get Malarkey another year, at least not with considerations on – offensive coordinator and all that kind of stuff um but you know it was it was an interesting little uh, time sunday morning when that came out and you know we'll just kind of keep an eye on how how it goes from here just real quick on my look i I, we said i've said i've written on museummiracles.com all that stuff i don't think he's the guy to take this franchise to the next level but we can't we can't go without talking about the job that he has done um, the fact that he's in this team nine and seven two years in a row. Now again, we we both agree, and the majority of the fan base agrees that nine and seven this year was underachieving. But when you've had a team that that's had such a losing culture, you know, had a had the number two pick one year, the number one pick the next year, um, to make the turnaround that that they have made, it, it really truly is remarkable. He's done a great job as far as stabilizing the culture and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think there are some scenarios where I'm open to them retaining Malarkey under the right, you know, provisions of what he has to do with his offensive staff. But, I don't know. What, what, were, what were your feelings yesterday morning when that report came out? If you're basing whether or not you're going to keep your coach based off of one game, that tells me you have a lot of confidence in him. So, you're, that tells me you're kind of looking for a reason. And we don't know if the rap sheet report was true. Uh, but... I, it makes sense. So I think everything about this comes back to Marcus Mariota. Mariota was playing well, and this team finished 9-7. and seven. I don't think we're talking about it. But it's the fact that Mariota has clearly taken steps backwards. Uh, after a really good year two, uh, he looks like a bottom-tier quarterback as far as passing goes. So uh, I think I think that, that's your that's your key here. But I, I don't know. I, can you fire a guy after making the playoffs two years removed from the number one pick? That's where I struggle with it. Uh, I, I told you I, I think he's a great culture guy. Uh, he's frustrating as an X's and O's guy. Uh, and you don't – if he's open to making a change at offensive coordinator and he's willing to give some leeway and not have you know his hands all in the offense, I think that would be the best for this team. Because like I was telling you, is there a guy out there that, that really gets your blood flowing, um, that, that's really going to get you excited as a head coaching candidate? There, there's not really that guy out there for me. Uh, so it, it's a weird, weird dynamic. Uh, I, I would guess that he's safe no matter what now. Uh, I just I, I don't see ownership – 
really firing a guy after after making a playoffs. You know, nine and seven back to back, and this team was down in the dump. So I I don't see any scenario where it happens. You know, you said if they go get blown out next week, I I think that's a tough game. That's a tough environment. Uh, I just I don't see it. Yeah, and and like I said, we'll we'll get into that as the week goes along. But winning an era is never easy. Now, they have some experience doing that. They won there uh, late in the season last yeah. year, so that 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 should help them uh, um, walking into this environment. And again, I think you made one of the best points, and it's something that I hadn't thought about at the end of the week last week about just this team getting some playoff experience in a year where you don't expect them to to do anything. You don't expect them to really go anywhere. But for Marcus Mario to get his first playoff game under his belt in this situation so the next year if they do make a couple of the right moves and they, they turn into the team that we kind of thought they could be this year you don't have to go through that you don't have to play that first playoff game and all that stuff so i mean i, I think that's a really good point and I, I think that you know from that standpoint it, it's obviously great to be there and again if a franchise has been as down as this one has been uh, you, you're not going to complain about making the playoffs uh, just a few comments on the playoffs in general. You know, it was it was an interesting few minutes there at the end. You and I both were expecting the Ravens to beat the Bengals and get in, um, and that would have made the Titans the sixth seed, and they would have won to Jacksonville. Now the Ravens lost. That allowed the Bills to be the sixth seed, the Titans the five. That's what gets them to Kansas City. Um, I, I, you know, it's an, it'll be an interesting weekend. I, I think that the Titans obviously match up better with the Jaguars. Then they do the Chiefs. Um, you know, just we've we've seen that, and we've seen what what the Titans have been able to do against the Jags in, in their two games this year. So, you know, on one hand, I, I was kind of hoping that we were going to get that third game next week, but you know, it, it's fun to be there. It'll be fun to watch. We'll obviously cheer for the Bills against the Jaguars because I don't want anything good for the Jaguars or their fans <laughs> ever. Um, you know, and they're like trying to somebody's taking a swing at Jarrell Casey on the way off the field yesterday. So, I mean, just you know, that's just that's that's them. Um, but I don't know, it'll be fun to watch, and like I said, it's just good. It's just good to have football season extended another week. You know, I mean, we only get sixteen for for Titans fans. We've only gotten sixteen of these games uh, for so many years, so it's it's just good to have a football game to talk about for another week. I was pulling hard for the Jaguars uh, for that Jaguars matchup. I wanted the third game so bad. Uh, it, it's been a uh, it's been fun. You know, you know how Jack's Twitter is, but it's been fun to beat them and you know shut them up. Uh, so they were uh, they were pretty silent yesterday after that loss. So uh, I wanted the I wanted to beat them for third time once again. You know, the Titans did that back in I guess it was what was it ninety nine two thousand. Uh, so that would have been fun, but at the same time, you know, st- staying two and zero against them, having that trump card over them off season will be fun too. But uh, the Chiefs are so much tougher of a matchup for me. Uh, I, I think the Titans had the Jacksonville Jaguars number. Uh, I think it's a really, really different ball game in Kansas City now. Uh, so you're talking about uh, playing a team with, with a bunch of playmakers that seems to be getting hot uh, when you could have been playing Blake Bortles uh, once again. So that was a big letdown for me just watching the end of that Cincinnati uh, Baltimore game, which which was a really fun game. Uh, I actually had the the Titans playing the Jaguars. I had that post all done and ready to post to MutantCityMiracles.com, and then Tyler Boyd caught that, so I had to tear it all down and rebuild it, but that's part of the fun of it. So, uh, But, yeah, like you said, just just good to, to be here, good to be playing in meaningful football once again. Good to be playing in January. It's been since 2008, so I think it's a I think it's a step for this team. 
Uh, I don't know if they've got the right leadership. I don't know any of that, but kind of throw that the window. We'll talk about it next week uh, and just have fun with this week. Absolutely. So, yeah, like I said, we'll, we'll get into the Chiefs a lot more as the week goes along. They try to get a Chiefs guy on um, at some point to talk a little bit about that. So stay tuned for that. Check out MusicMiracles.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. Uh, we write for MusicMiracles.com. And subscribe to the to the podcast on iTunes, Locked on Titans. Write and review there. Uh, give us any feedback. We'd love to hear it. So uh, that'll, that'll, that'll be it for today. And like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with another new episode, uh, getting a little bit more Chiefs-specific and, and talking about that. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.